Hey, it's hard to believe we're already writing 2015 on our checks. Even though most of us are still writing 2104, right? Happy New Year and welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And welcome to a new year. That's precisely what we're looking at here today from a spiritual perspective. Won't you join us? Very encouraging look at the year ahead from God's point of view. It's all straight ahead on today's edition of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor now. Once again, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Ephesians 5.14 For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Quoting Isaiah, probably referring to our salvation, that we are the people that God has spoken to to awaken out of our spiritual sleep and out of spiritual death and darkness. And because of the grace of God, we have been awakened by God. Look carefully, then how you walk, since you're now his, since you're a believer. Look carefully, then, how you walk. And there's only two ways to walk. Stupid or wise? Our word stupid would be unwise. Don't live unwisely, but as wise. If you do that, you'll make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand but understand what the will of the Lord is. Part of why is living is living in light of the will of God. What is the will of God? Uh, we've got some fortune tellers around here that can tell you what the future is going to hold. Sometimes actually they're right. They can guess it pretty good. Uh, What is the will of God for your life? Uh, That's mystery. There's different ways people have tried to find out God's will. In the Old Testament, they threw dice. They called them Urim and Thummim. And they just, boom, and God would tell them if it was a yes or a no. And uh, they actually could discern what God wanted them to do. Uh, One man, Samson, put out a fleece that if God would soak the sheep's skin during the night or uh, that would let him know, then he'd change it if it can go all night without being wet. And so people have tried fleeces. Uh, Some people rely on dreams, visions, so-called prophets. Uh, how, How can you know what God's will for your life is? There's two wills of God. Uh, one you don't have to worry about. One is called the determinative will of God, his sovereign will. Guess what? Don't worry about it. It's secret. You'll never know it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the hidden things, the secret things belong to God. 
the revealed things belong to us. So there's some things that are sovereignly going to happen. The coming of Christ is going to happen no matter what you do. Guess what? You're going to die no matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much you jog, how much wheat germ you eat, or how many wheat muffins you eat. You're going to die. We don't know when, but God has that already set, just like he set the time you would be born. Out of all the conceptions in the world, you are one of them. God sovereignly determined that. We believe babies come from God ultimately, don't we? And so God is sovereign. Uh, all the things of revelation, the nations, the antichrist, uh, it's going to happen regardless of what you do. So don't worry about that part of God's will. Uh, here's the part. Uh, let me ask you some questions about the will of God. How do you determine the will of God for your life? How do you know how God wants you to live? Now, there are some parts of God's will that we call God's desirous will. He desires. The first thing is, he desires that you be saved. He desires, he's not willing that any should perish, but he is willing, he desires that you will receive Jesus Christ and become his child. Now, I want to ask you, why won't you do that? What keeps you from that? I mean, he just, he says, come to me and I'll give you eternal life. Come to me and I'll bless you more than anyone has ever blessed you in your life. Come to me and I will forgive you of your sins. Come to me and I will dwell in you. Come to me and you will get to go to heaven eternally. Come to me and you don't even have to bring an offering envelope. Just as you are, come. Just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. Nothing in my hand to thee I bring. Simply to thy cross, the work of Christ, I will cling. It is the will of God that you be saved. You ought to come to Christ now. You don't know how many, according to Psalms 90, verse 12, he said, teach us to number our days. There was a prophet used to teach at Dallas named Bruce Walkey, famous uh, Hebrew scholar, very, a brilliant man. And he used to keep a, a little day timer uh, on him. And what he always did uh, is he figured how many days he had until he turned 70. Now, some of you are living on borrowed time. You're doing good if you get 70. And we've got people in this church in their 90s, 80s, 71, 72. That, that, that's great. Hallelujah. God's been exceedingly good to you. But in Bible times, by the time we get to really Psalms, if you live to be 60, you were doing good. And if you live to be 70, uh, remember, there was no Kaiser in the Old Testament. There was no surgery for appendicitis. Think of people in the Old Testament. They died of appendicitis. But he said, teach us to number our days. 
And he would always number how many days he had, and you ought to try it. Don't do it right now during the service. But, but how many days do you have if God gives you 70, and he hasn't promised you 70 years? You may have them, you may not, but you'll be amazed at how few days that is. It's not as many days as you think. And he said, now's the day of salvation. You cannot play with your soul by waiting another day. You are to come to Christ. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. He desires it. But you know what else is the will of God? Is that I love my wife like Christ loves the church. Is that the will of God? Does that mean it will happen? We know it's God's will. But honey, today I'm suspending the will of God. I got some things I want to say. We know that, so there's a conditional aspect of God's will. There's a second thing he says right here, as he tells you to wake up from the dead, and I say that to you that do not know Christ, God wants you to wake up and come to Christ, and coming to him is coming to life. Coming to him is you wake up like Rip Van Winkle and says, where have I been all my life? What, what has happened? I've missed out on, you're not alive until you come to Christ. You're just breathing, you're just breathing, but you don't have eternal life till you come to Christ. The first will of God for everyone here is be saved. Look to Christ and be saved. He will save you. It's his will to save you today. In this service, if you don't know Christ, it's God's will that you be saved. I know that as clear as anything. Now, whether you'll come, whether you'll let him in, that's all up to you. We'll see. But there's a few of us here that are saved. We know he saves. We came, and he saved us. Okay, there's three of us. Uh, I mean, we're, we're saved. Uh, and, and here's another thing he says. In walking careful and walking and understand what the will of the Lord is, uh, we put out in the bulletin, I don't know that I saw it today, Bible reading plans for the year. Because when God saves you, uh, he begins to renew your mind. He begins to put new content in it. Uh, all the porno you took in, he wants to get out. Uh, all the wickedness you've taken in, he wants, he wants to put in your heart and mind new content. And this new content is primarily through his word and around a living body of Christians and to see how this thing works out. And so he says, renew our mind that we may discern what is the good, perfect, good will of God. And he does it by the renewed mind. You know what, this year you ought to think about, I'll watch less TV and I'll at least read through my Bible at least once this year. Even the children are quiet. <laughs> They're saying, he's messing with us. Less TV. What? do you have for all the hours of TV you've watched? How many encouragement cards could you pray, sent? How many people could you have prayed for? And come on, how much a Limbaugh can you take in a day? How much news can you take in a day? It's all the same. We're in a mess. 
We're in a mess. How long do you want to waste your life knowing we're in a mess? I knew that from Genesis 3. We're in a mess. We're a fallen race. We're a bunch of sinners. We're unsafe to be around until Christ invades our life. Only Christ can change us. He says, he goes on here and talking about the will of God. The first thing he says, oh, by the way, don't be getting drunk like you've been doing. A lot of drinking at Ephesus. They had a goddess there, a Bacchus, of which getting drunk was the way you worshiped her. So we have a lot of Bacchus worshipers. Uh, but be filled with the Spirit, and it's a command. So the second thing I know is God wants you to live Spirit-controlled lives this year. That's the will of God. God wants to control you. And living under his control will make you a person that uh, will be so much easier to live with. You can't help it that you have such a warped personality. But the Spirit of God takes all of our warps, all of our bents, all of that, and he has a way of sanctifying us and producing the character of Christ. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. But it's really, you'll start manifesting things that look like, like Christ. And he wants you to be Spirit-filled. Uh, it's his will that you be Spirit-filled. It's not just for the few, it's just for those who want it. Uh, do you want to live under the control of the... Do you want the Spirit at, at, the, at the driving wheel, or do you want to be at the wheel and tell him what to do? It'd be good if you'd get in the back seat and let the Spirit do the driving. Some of you have been in charge too long. It's why your marriage is messy. It's why your kids can't hardly stand you. And uh, it's why a lot of the conflict in you because when the Spirit's grieved, he'll keep you miserable. Because he, he's, he's sorrowing. He said, why don't you let me fill you? Why don't you let me control you? You're, you're grieving me. You're, you're just shutting me down. You're just saying no. You're, you're not cooperative. But he said, no, get yourselves under the control of the Spirit. This is the will of God. It is the will of God that every one of us live in the Spirit this year. Every moment of every day, I know that's the will of God. Let's look at another thing that's interesting, 1 Thessalonians. I'm just picking verses that just mention the will of God in the verse. I'm just not picking these at random. They mention the will of God. Watch this. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, we urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk, notice that, and that word walk is how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Okay, now you better listen real close. What is this? He's going to unfold a secret. Watch. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification. Now that word means uh, your way of living out a holy life. Sanctification and holy 
are the same word. So we say live a holy life, live a sanctified life. The root idea is be set apart from what God uh, calls evil, calls bad. Separate yourself. Uh, you, you, can't, uh, you can't handle skunks without smelling like them. Quit handling that which soils you, which um, uh, influences you for evil. So, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Well, would you be more specific? That's just a big theological term. Okay, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Whoa, 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 whoa. This must... This not be a current translation. Oh, yeah, it is. That, that, this is what I'm talking That you don't be involved in sexual immorality, that our schools only hand out condoms. They don't hand out morals. This sanctification, why? Why shouldn't I be sexually immoral? Everybody in Rome and Greece is immoral. Sex in this time in the Bible, 50 A.D., sex was a biological urge that said you just satisfy it. You don't uh, get married. Sex is a biological thing without moral parameters. If you feel it, do it. Sex just is there like animals. But God said Sex involves creating something that will live forever, potentially. We call them babies. And it is, I believe, that the baby that's lost in a miscarriage will be in heaven. Because David said, I began in my mother's womb. In sin I was conceived the I about me began, and I'm more than a placenta. I'm more than uh, a, a fetus. I'm more there. I, I'm really a being in the sight of God. Think of John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in his mother's womb. There was a real person to fill, a real person. That's why we want first resort here next week. We try to tell girls, if you get pregnant, don't abort. We have ways to help you keep a baby. You don't have to abort. Don't be sexually immoral. Well, to be immoral, you've got to know what's moral. What's moral from a divine viewpoint is sex is the privilege of married, committed, covenant-making people. People who are willing to make a covenant. And moving in with them, honey, isn't a covenant. Once you get a bad cold, he could find a new girl. This is covenant for better, for worse, and for whatever we're living with now, we don't know what to call, but we made a covenant. Covenant. Covenant before privilege. So he said that each one of you would know how to control his own body in holiness and honor not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So he says to believers at this church that are just being saved, coming out of paganism, 
Walk in holiness, sanctification. Don't let your body be used like the Greek philosophers tell you. Your body matters. What you do with it, how you use it, how you tattoo it. Uh, woo. How you, how you, I just feel a, a stiff, the atmosphere's changed. You know, uh, uh, what I do, uh, sex is not casual. Sex is serious from God's point of view. It's casual in our culture. And we wonder where all these children are coming from. They're coming, and where are those fathers standing up to be there? And why all these single mothers on jobs and, and children in daycare? Where, where all, what's happening? We want one aspect we don't want to care. And so God's will is you be saved. God's will is that you be spirit-controlled. God's will is that you be sanctified, including your sexual expression. Do it in God's arena. Do it God's way, God's time. Your body matters to God. Use it. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody use your body but the God who saved you, and don't do anything with it that he doesn't permit that is his will. And God says, amen. Because I just told you what he said, not what pop culture says. I haven't hardly seen anything in pop culture. I was looking at a uh, review of 19, oh, let's see, of 2011 last night, and one section was, let us look at pop culture. And Carol and I looked at this, look at what we've missed. We didn't even hardly know this existed. I didn't know any names, and there was so much ugly on that screen. It was terrible. Uh, look at 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, it's interesting. There's a verse here where three imperatives, and imperatives are commands, okay? Three commands lumped up in, in one short section. Verse 16, 17, and 18. Watch these three things that he says are the will of God. Watch this. Number one, verse 16, rejoice when you get a bonus. Rejoice when your mother-in-law goes home. Oh, I, wait, wait, wait. This is a uh, husband edition. Uh, no, uh, uh, re, re, rejoice when? And, and when God repeats something, he's not stuttering. He says it in Philippians 4, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. And where was he when he wrote that? So it must not be circumstantial. Rejoice in the Lord. And this is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our prayer is that the broadcast today has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Christ. You know, it's through the preaching and teaching of God's Word that we are able to grow in grace. Uh, that's the way God has designed it. And it is our purpose here on Truth For Today 
to do just that, preach and teach God's Word for the purpose of edifying and growing the church for the glory of God. As we conclude our time together today, we would remind you that copies of the broadcast are available for simply asking. Simply call 855-833-9864 if you would like a copy of today's program. Mention the date of today's broadcast when you get in touch with us. Again, 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And, of course, all of this information is available online at our website, valleybible.org. We also have a lot of other resource materials available, including Pastor Phil Howard's latest book, and we'll tell you more about that in the ensuing weeks ahead. Also, service times are located there along with directions. In fact, we meet at 9 and 11 Sunday mornings. You're more than welcome to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Again, directions and information, resource materials, information about who we are. You can even email us from our website, valleybible.org. Or simply call 855-833-9864. Please remember this broadcast is made available here on KFAX week by week as you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Would you take a moment and consider how you might link arms with us financially as we continue the ministry here on KFAX? It would mean a great deal to us to know that you're behind us and that you're with us when it comes to the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Contact us for this at 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Music.